Welcome to the final edition of the City Tie Day Supporters Podcast. The podcast is going out on a high, just like Derry City Football Club. On Friday night past, they defeated St. Patrick's Athletic by two goals they nil at Richmond Park. We'll be getting the viewpoints of Dermot Liddy and Andrew and I will be talking about some of the stories in the newspapers in the last couple of days, such as Nicholas Vimland, Connor McCormack, Harry Monaghan and Mark Tumlin. This and more on the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening now and welcome to the 40th and final edition of the podcast this season. Sad day, Andrew. Sad day, yeah, but it was a really fast season, really just flew in. But, you know, time flies when you're enjoying yourself and all that. It ended nicely for us. Four ones and four now for Derry City. Place on great attack and stuff. And Rory Patterson had then claimed his 15th and 16th league goal of the season as 20th overall. Great achievement for the centre forward. Fantastic. Uh, I think at the start of the year, too, everybody was had the question marks about Rory. But he's proved everybody wrong. And it's fantastic to see him back scoring again. And hopefully Kenny Seals can get him signed up for next season as well. And, you know, hopefully he can... Past the 20 markers next season, too. Like I was saying last week or the week before, if I was a some Pats fan, I wouldn't have any confidence in them actually picking up points against any team in the league this year. There's no fixture there that you could sit and look at and think there's three points there. You know, Sutton's going to have to improve for them next season, and it's been mentioned a few times about the manager, but we'll, we'll wait and see what he has up his sleeve and see what they have for next year. Later on in the programme, we will be talking about some of the speculation that's been in the local and national press, including Nicholas Vemeland, Harry Monaghan, and even the arrival of an ex-Derry City player. Still to come to you, we will have match highlights of the game from Friday night, as contributed by Drive105's Match Night Live, and we'll be talking to Dermot Liddy about his reaction to the match, and we'll be hearing from Harry Monaghan and Kenny Shields. But first of all, let's go around the league. Around the league this week, we've, uh, we'll start off with the news, uh, league-related news from Republic of Ireland squad. Uh, Martin O'Neill has seen fit to call up two of Dundalk's players for not even just a friendly game, for an actual playoff game. Daryl Horgan and Andy Boyle both got the nod. Daryl Horgan was the one that was in the press recently as uh, proper deserving of it. Andy Boyle passed away a shock for some people, but and Gary Rogers was, I think he was picked for a professional squad, so... Uh, he'll obviously be training with them as well at some point. So, you know, three players from the League of Ireland team getting called up to the national squad for a playoff is brilliant. There was a bit of pressure on Martin O'Neill, even for the last selection that he made. Uh, and a lot of questions afterwards why he wasn't Darrell Horgan on it. As I say, Andy Boyle was a bit of a shock because nobody mentioned him to Martin O'Neill. He obviously made that decision himself. So, the boys do deserve it. You could say uh, it's just a gesture all you want, but. You know, time will tell, and if they get some game time during that game, it would be fantastic as well. We can move on then to the promotion relegation playoff, which was on Monday night. Wexford just beat Drogheda in the first leg, uh, beat them 2-0. Well, Drogheda beat Cove to qualify for that final, so I think it's the... Is there another game? Another game this coming Friday, on Friday. Uh, in Drogheda. Will remain to be seen if we're going to be travelling to Drogheda or Wexford next year. Dee, what do you think? Well, you know how I feel. So you I know did. how you feel about uh, <laughs> travelling to Drogheda. Yeah, uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I was keeping an eye on the fixtures on Monday night, and whenever I seen in live score getting those matches through 1-0, 2-0, I went absolutely crazy. I actually went quite crazy during the match commentary on Friday night, whenever I seen the Cove or 2-0 up against Drogheda, and then James O'Toole showed me that it was pulled back to 2-1, and the aggregate score ended the way it did and my mood just completely dropped. I think everybody is aware of how desperate I am to avoid having to do any work in Drogheda next year. As it might well happen, you might have to bite that bullet. 
there's another thing to be mentioned as well that uh, Wexford's I think he got the first goal for Wexford uh, the other night Lee Chin who I think he's a hurling player he's going to miss Freddie's game because he has a GAA All-Stars event another greatest league in the world moment there to be fair if you had a choice between a slap up meal and Goldie Drogheda which would you take? Uh, yeah well that's, that's fair enough I suppose yeah yeah uh, <laughs> But uh, in fairness, they did only sign him halfway through the year, and he's been playing hurling for his whole life. So uh, I think it must have been an easy choice for him anyway. I mean, he seems to be a good player. As God knows how they discovered he can play football. He must have knocked on their door one day. The results for the last time this year, I mentioned last week, it's going to be a nightmare to predict because there's no such thing as, uh, well, basically competition was out the window last game of the season because everybody had their places. Bray and Cork. I predicted Cork would win 2 1 on that one. Bray turned them over big time. Bray won 4 1 in the Carolina grounds. So, fair play to Bray. You know, they really picked up their season. And uh, unfortunate for their, their manager, the uh, honour own manager, they miss out on the, the Kenny of the Year award that they were all nominated for. Uh, Stephen Kenny, of course, won that over Kenny Shields and Harry Kenny. Dundalk then uh, faced Galway United at Royal Park. I predicted a 2 0 win again just for. Dundalk maybe holding a few players back uh, for Europe and the Cup Final, but Dundalk kept a good run of form going. They won 4-1 as well. Finn Harps and Bohemians, I thought Bohemians would tank them. Well, I thought 2-0 at least. Fair play to Finn Harps. Uh, I think it was uh, a Ryan Curran goal again. Longford Town and some Pats. I predicted some Pats would won 1-0 in that one. They won 4-2. You mean Shamrock Rovers? Yeah, Longford Town played Shamrock <laughs> Rovers uh, <laughs> on, fr- on Friday night. I predicted 1 0 to Shamrock Rovers, it was 4 2. Derry and some Pats, I predicted last week that we would come from behind and win 2 1. Basically, just because we'd done it the last two or three games, it was just seemed to be a, a thing that was happening. We kept some Pats out and we won 2 0 thanks to the two Ray Patterson goals. Stego Rovers played Wexford just as well and finished off in grand style. I, I predicted a 3 0 win for them, they won 5 0. Judging by their second half of the season, they're going to be a real threat next season. It also depends too, unit what players they keep a hold of going into next season and what's brought in. Because as we've talked about many a time, a lot of players that have been brought in on loan from English clubs. A lot of loan players, yeah. They do have a great underage setup there as well, and maybe they have one or two players about to push through. And of course, with the manager's connections that he has in England, there's nothing stopping them getting more loan players next year. But. I'm sure he won't really rely on home players every season. So who knows what's going to happen then? Before we wind up around the league, what's your prediction for the cup final on Sunday? Uh, I think Dundalk will be too strong for Cork. Just, you know, Cork are a wee bit up and down. They did finish second, of course, but I just think they, they don't have enough power for, for Dundalk. I mean, if you, you look at their, their form in Europe, even, some of the biggest teams in Europe don't have enough for Dundalk, so you can't see past them. Thanks for taking us around the league. Thanks to the support of our donor, Richard McKinney. You can listen to past episodes of the City Till I Die Supporters podcast for free, including a heroic performance looking back on the Galway United fixture before the break. Dangerous play and violent play and all of that there. Sometimes referees give these yellows for the most trivial of offences. The referee must have seen that it was Conor Comic and knowing he's on a yellow card, and a red card for that is stupid. Bring on the Rovers, analysing the Dundalk 1-1 draw and the build-up to the Shamrock over 3-0 victory. Monaghan plays a beautiful three-ball here, Dave Patterson, Patterson, the shot! Off the post from Roy Patterson! Take a shot, goal! Goal, Danny Sunier, back in there! I spilled a pint when I jumped over it uh, after that goal, so uh, I think uh, Barry was by a pint. And reasons to be cheerful, part one. I need something 
someone to tell me what's wrong. Like, we've got to get the support out again. It's not a night out for people. Like, it's not somewhere you could bring the missus. Women you aren't should. allowed to go to football around them. Well, you, you can explain that to my daughter on Friday night then when I take her over that Gerrits aren't allowed in the brand of it. Access our library on soundcloud.com by searching for CTID Supporters Podcast DC or on iTunes by searching hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. For the final time this season, let's analyse what happened in the previous fixture against St. Patrick's Athletic down at Richmond Park. As always, the highlights are courtesy of Drive 105's MNL. They're not closing Derry down. And Derry's doing it. And here comes Derry now. Coming the counter-attack play forward. Parson gets away from his defender. He's now facing face with goalkeeper. Turns away from the goalkeeper. Goes for goal. And cleared off the line. Uh, Derry City with a first shot and target there. As Harry Monaghan managed to gain possession of the ball. Just 20 yards away from the, the goal line. Managed to play it up between two defenders. The Parson. He had to turn away from one defender. Then eventually ran 50 50 Clark. Clark dives to the ground. He turned away to try to get the shot at the right foot. But standing on the line was Sean Hoare. But here we go again with Derry City in the ascendancy. Cut under the 18 yard box. Shot comes in, Avicii hits the back and that's Rory Patterson with his 15th league goal of the season as it was caught on there by, I think it was Rory Holden into the 18-yard box on the right foot he sends it into the far corner and St. Patrick's Athletic now, Derry City won 25 minutes gone Excellent move Under no pressure to play this ball quickly but Avicii comes under pressure and Derry City have managed to put a panic on St. Patrick's Rory Patterson has found himself clear, he's run about 40 yards out to the edge of the 18-yard box, chips it over towards the goalkeeper but comes off the crossbar and the rebound then goes wide how did the rebound get missed there I think that was Josh Daniels it wasn't even sorry it was Rory Holden that came on with that second shot how did he miss that that is an unbelievable miss from young Holden I'll tell you what Rory Patterson got on one on one and he had a run for about 40 yards there he done very well he chipped the goalkeeper absolutely beautifully come full smack off the centre of the crossbar out Holden had the whole goal to his mercy and he puts it wide from a few yards out unbelievable musty Played long toward Patterson. Patterson gets a bit of luck and he's behind the defence. Opportunity to make it 2-0. He's been fouled from behind. It's going to be a penalty to uh, Derry City. A red card coming here, D. There it is. And you are correct. A red card has been presented by D. Feely. He got a bit of luck there, Rory Patterson, as the ball was played up by Patton. But Patterson stands over it, waiting for the whistle to be blown on the right foot. Goes towards the left-hand side of Brenton Clark's goal. And it's found its way into the bottom corner. It is now St. Patrick's Athletic now, Derry City 2. The penalty wasn't great. It's in the back of the net. I thought we were quite dominant if we're being fair. We should have had more in the first half and then the first 25 minutes of the second half we missed an hour, three or four. It was like, for periods of the game we had so much domination you don't get that second goal and then we brought we brought it upon ourselves. We made changes to get people games and last 15 minutes we sort of like, we just were a wee bit tentative to get across the line but we got a second one and you know, Rory should be sitting top goal scorer now. He, he, tonight had he, he had a lot of misses. The journalists were saying at the start of the season we would be fighting a relegation battle again. So I, I think you would have to leave out uh, till a certain extent. I think it's been successful. We get to the semi-finals of two cups. We get third in the league. I don't harbour those ambitions to be third. I harbour ambitions to be to be the best team, and we don't want anyone with that attitude. But when you're asking me on reflection for the season. You have to say, like, we won the second half of the season in, in terms of the league table. We've got the most points in the second half. To be only eight points behind Cork is, is pretty good, isn't it? You have to say that. Following the conclusion of the game down there at Richmond Park, I asked Dermot Liddy what his thoughts were on the fixture on Friday night. 
Absolutely delighted to come away from Inchicore with three points. Very difficult place to get anything uh, coming down here over the years. Terry, if they do one, they won by the odd goal. They were 1-0 up. Pats were attacking near the end. He thought, do you want to know what? This could end up 1-1. We break away. Patterson gets on the box. Fouled 2-0. Game over. And what a way to end your season. Uh, four League Ones on the trot. Last three games before this, coming from behind, they won. Excellent. Gives it hope. When you are a goal down, you don't panic. Here tonight, away from home, playing some lovely football. Some young players here. I tell you what, the future looks excellent for Derry. Let's talk about one of our older players, Roy Patterson, who ended our top goal scorer getting two goals. There seemed to be a fire under him tonight, as if he had a point to prove. I think Patterson goes out every game with a point to prove. You know, he's a, he's a very good footballer. You know, a lot of people criticise him because they think he gets chances and he doesn't put them away. But I'll tell you what, he's chipping on 20 goals a season. You know, how important is that for any team? He's playing for Derry City. He'll always score goals. Always has done. Whatever club he's played for. I'll tell you, that guy's a gifted footballer. It comes up trumps tonight with two. It's some chances. I'd be disappointed, you know, that he's, that he's missed. He missed a glorious chance. He's that type of footballer that says, you want to know what? Two goals isn't enough for me tonight. I should be on three or four. I'll tell you what, as I said... He could have been top goal scorer in the League of Ireland. He was very close to it tonight. Those two league goals, I think, put him in second place. And I'll tell you what, he might have some reserve about you calling him an older player because I think there's still a few seasons in him yet. What did you think of Derry City going on the attack throughout this fixture? Very good. Enterprising stuff. Kenny Shields, that's his philosophy. Attack. Let's play. Get the ball down. Let's play young players. Let's see what they're all about. I might have won things in the first couple of seasons, but I'll get there. I'll get very close. He has the nucleus of a great team. Patterson will score goals. Ryan McBride, the club captain at the back. Jared Doherty and Nets. And then when you have youngsters coming in like Ben Doherty, Connor McDermott, Holden, Nathan Boyle, Ronan Curtis, they all feed off the experience of the other guys. And every game they learn something. They can only get better. If that team gets better, what a frightening prospect Derry City could be. What do you think of St. Patrick's Athletic tonight? Very lacklustre, like their season. Seemed very pedestrian at the start. They, they just kept the ball. They, when no options were on, they played it long. The ball went either to Derry City or went out of play. Give away possession far, far too cheaply. Give Derry back the ball. Give Derry the incentive to attack. When you're away from home and you sense the home team aren't up for it, that gives you extra incentive to go on in the 25th minute now we just missed a glorious chance but in the 25th minute Patterson bangs it in up until maybe the 80th minute Derry didn't look in danger of losing that lead at all I mean Pat's had to do something I mean they're paying fans here their football in the first half not great second half wee bit of improvement not great that's why they finished mid table I mean they beat Dundalk here 5 goals to 2 the other night but Dundalk didn't have their full team and Buckley will tell you he didn't have his full team out Dundalk were playing 5 debutants or first time in the league for some of the players they play their game but you know what they scored 5 goals and coming down here and they, and they beat Cork 3-1 that's the top 2 teams in the league 2 great results come here against Derry come here 3rd place nothing to play for really for some pats and it absolutely showed I mean there was no fight until the 80th minute. There was no um, resolve about them. One or two players played well. I thought Kinsella had a good start. McGlade, when he came on as a sub, definitely added to the game. Really at the back, but, you know, setting off, marred his night. Jerry O'Brien looked out of sorts, you know. They didn't have a great night at home. If that happens, their fan base dwindles. They want to see good football. 
and they want to be competitive again. I mean, they're the champions, what, just before Dundalk? So it's, what, 2013? They should be competitive. They should be higher up the league. Some Pats have always had a decent stand in the league. and They just probably want to get this season over. Glad that it's over. Rebuild, reorganise, become competitive again. Do you think Buckley's finished with the club now after that? Very difficult. You know, the manager roundabout or the wheel turns. Buckley won them the league a few years ago. He won them the cup after being starred for 50 odd years. Uh, he's given them success. According to all guys who deal with him, he's a nice enough man. But I mean, is his time up? Has he gone stale? Don't know. You have to get the playing staff on that's right around you. And maybe he'll do that. It's a matter of regrouping, reorganising, as I just said there. Just go completely competitive and get some pats back up to compete in uh, cup finals. They are the EA Sports League Cup winners at Silverware. Buckley's got it under his belt. There's three competitions they won. He's won one of them. And Tundak have won the other, and the other one's still up for grabs. You know, is it out of Buckley's hands? I don't know. Would he like to stay? I think so. I think he's some Patsman through and through. I mean, the delight when they beat Derry a couple of years ago, they won the cup. Everything seemed to wash away. All the pressure of the, this FAA Cup voodoo they had, you know. Wait and see, eh? managers and football. Sure, what's guaranteed, D? We have a few players still not signed up to contracts. Is there anybody in particular you like to see confirmed uh, as we get towards the, the Christmas period? The young players. Let's get them signed up when they can in December. Great, great prospects. Every season you lose a player or two. There's, uh, the door swings. It's in and out. I like who Kenny Shields brought on. Nico Fumullen. Absolutely great. Great season. How he didn't make the FAA League of Ireland. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how anybody, uh, everybody who's been will say he's been consistently the best right back, full back in the league. Love to see him stay. Lucas Schulbert offered something. But there's players out there, and Kenny Shields has great contacts. Great contacts out there, right across the football world. And there's no doubt, there's no doubt he knows in his mind who he wants and what he needs, who he needs to make certain areas competitive. Mm-hmm. I like Conor McCormick, he's very busy. Always a yellow card waiting to happen. But that's because he's busy, he gets in there, he's not afraid, he doesn't shirk his responsibilities. Uh, Harry Monaghan was unlucky to see, I'd like to see more of Harry. Tonight he had a solid performance, really pleased for him. Get the young players signed, see what's out there, and I trust totally in Kenny Shields for the talent that he can spot. Last question for you, what was your highlight of this season? The highlight of the season, well there's been a couple, I mightn't see much, but we were 2-0 down at Dundalk. Dundalk were flying in the Europa League. They're more or less going to be crowned champions at this time. They eventually became champions. Everybody knows they're the best team in the last couple of years. They're flying, ex-Derry City manager, Kenny State. We're 2-0 down at half-time in the FAI Cup semi-final. A lot of doom and gloom, we're out, we're gone. We come back to two each. And I tell you, we put on a one heck of a performance in that game, second half. And in the game, the Brandywell, the return game, I thought we were by far the better team over the two legs. And we should be in the FAI Cup final. It's not a highlight the second game, but coming back from 2-0 down at the home of the champions with a very young team, a back four that's not mismatched, but put together, held by paper clips and glue, we outperformed the best team in Ireland and to come away from with a 2-2 draw you know what it's not a one but it gave me great heart for the future to think you want to know what we're not that far away from the top we are top three but we're not far away from challenging the top two after giving his analysis on the match on Friday night Dermot Liddy caught up with Derry City midfielder Harry Monaghan to discuss the match on Friday night and his future Definitely set that challenge for the last four games of the season to go and win them. We probably should have had it um, wrapped up after the first half more convincingly. But we dug in there and we got the win in the end. 
I think it speaks for itself that it's been a successful season. Um, it's been fantastic to be part of it. We're not beginning the season, the expectations were, were lower than what we've achieved. So to go and prove the naysayers wrong, to finish how strong we finish, is fantastic. It's been a great season, great to be part of it. And um, I've loved every minute of it. But throughout the season, I know I've contributed very well. If it wasn't the case, then I'd be gaff on the, the coaching staff would be making me aware of that. But I know they're happy with how I'm performing. The injury came at the worst time, really, for me. But I've managed to fight back and back in the team now. What's a timetable now for you? Say, uh, do you get a bit of time off? Do you think about your contract? When will all this be sorted? Hopefully, as soon as possible, within the next week or two. The offer's there, I'm going home on Monday, and everything's, you know, everything's a go. So it's just about me signing a contract, really, and getting it done. It's Match Night Live on Drive 105, 105, 105. Join the Match Night Live team every week as we travel up and down the country following Derry City. With the home games. Manages to bring it on the control. Plays it backwards in McNamee. Left foot across. And then Harry Martin, he makes it 3 0. A beautiful cross on the left foot into the 18 yard box. Great Patterson. This thing gets away from his man. Patterson! Drives it under the top corner at last. And that's Derry City 4. Long for Toy 0. And the away games. Wants to play down the hub. Let's play down the keyboard. Should be 5 0. Is 5 0 to Derry City. What a goal by Derry City. Really it's absolutely fantastic. Really Monham plays a beautiful three ball here. Dick Patterson. Patterson with a shot. Off the post from Roy Patterson. Take it to us. Go! Go! Derry City are back in there. All the ups. Tries to get his head up. Tries to float on the board. Boy, you get to yard of room. Kelly finish it. Boyd stretch it. Boyd puts it across. Must be. Oh, yeah! And downs. Speed work there, but it's McMullen. McMullen with a left shot. Oh, what a goal. Pick of the evening. McMullen just done a 180 degrees to get away from the attention of Bomellon. And he shifted onto his right foot and drove it under the top corner. Derry City now. That's Match Night Live on Drive 105. Catch the highlights at hashtag CTID. Match Night Live. By the fans. For the fans. Good news from Harry Monaghan saying that he has been offered contracts so far. We were a wee bit disappointed throughout the season to see that he had gotten injured after such a bright start and then found it very difficult to get back in the team. But any time he was called upon, he's been steady. An up and down season, as you say, but he did always shine when he got his chance. It'd be great to see him next season. He's a, he's a great lad to hang around. He's a fantastic laugh, as you know. We've had him on the podcast. and He's, he's a really down-to-earth young fella. And he's, he's a great player on the pitch. He's, he's one of the... You wouldn't say he's one of the youngsters either. He's actually... I don't know the exact age of him, but he's, he's a lot... I think he's 24, 25. Mm-hmm. But he's just not experienced head in there. And it's um, be fantastic if we can hang on to the majority of the team we had this year. The season's come to an end. And as usual, the newspapers and the rumours start doing the rounds. And it wasn't helped either that Kenny Shields post-match had done an interview with BBC Radio Foil and had said to Eric White that there was a player in the changing room who said that they can't afford to sign for Derry City. A lot of names were thrown around and two in particular in the local press has popped up. One of those is Conor McCormick because Conor McCormick had been in the Derry Journal speaking about the difference in the exchange rate between the Euro and the Sterling is going to affect how he and even some of the Southern players, whether they're going to sign on or not or stay up in the North. Finally seeing our first signs of what Briggs could bring to the club we are looking on it we originally thought there would be no changes whatsoever uh, it turns out there might be so we do have uh, the board are looking on it and hopefully we can get it sorted with the FAA and there's a gap well it is their livelihood of course so they'll be looking to find out as well we're, we're only worried about uh, 
you know, playing the league and uh, playing outside of Europe, basically. So as far as they they need answers to the questions of how am I going to get paid and, and how am I going to live. So it's all these questions that need answered before we can offer players contracts or before they'll want to sign contracts, really. He's certainly a player I would want to see leave, considering, for me anyway, along with Dean Jarvis, is probably the most unsung hero in the squad. Because he's been next to Armac and F, and Armac and F plays his wonder balls and gets a lot of credit for some of the goals, people fail to recognise the hard work that Conor McCormick puts in the injured room. I would hate to see him go because the last 18 months he's definitely improved from his first game right up to the last game of the season. Yeah, he's a proper grafter in the middle of the park. And he's, in a strange way, when Ryan McBride was out injured, he sort of plays a captain's role where he'd be shouting and roaring, he'd be dropping back and picking the ball up to take it forward and He's that sort of guy that will always be available for a pass, no matter where you have the ball in the pitch, he'll always make space for himself and call for it. He's just that guy, he's not going to bomb forward and hit shots, so although he can do that, he'll be the guy that stands back and surveys where everybody is so he can spray a pass out left or right. He's a great player to have in the middle of the park uh, and a great influence as well. It would be a shame to lose him, but hopefully we can get it all worked out. But another statement that came out throughout the weekend was one from the Players' Player of the Year, Nicholas Vimland, and he had written on his own Instagram, very happy for the award and want to thank all the players for making me better and helping me on and outside the pitch. Been a pleasure to play with every one of them and pleasure getting to know them. Good luck to everyone and maybe we'll see each other again. Is that a statement of exit? I read that myself and I'm not 100% sure what Nico's plans are for next season. I don't think anybody does, including himself. You know, people are going to speculate all day, but Kenny Shields will be desperate, obviously, to hang on to players like that and we'll be talking to them. It's just down to the player himself at the end of the day. I know uh, Lucas Schubert's gone home already. He went home on Saturday there and I think Nico's gone home this week. So you know, hopefully they can get a, a good bit of family time now over Christmas. Um, Get back to chatting the, about uh, pre-season again, hopefully as, as soon as possible, and we can have see them back. Before we talk about the inbound speculation, let's talk about one more player that's gone outbound. We already know that Patrick McLean's left the club and will be going on trial in Walsall. Uh, best of luck to him on that trial, but were you surprised by his exit? It was a strange one. I think he wasn't really getting his chances this season. I think when Aaron Barry and Ryan McBray went out injured, there was a, a lot of competition there uh, brought in for the, the centre-half role that, that he was looking for. You know, Max Carner and Christian Castells have brought in. And, of course, nobody knew that uh, Nico and Conor McCormick or, or Conor McDermott sorry, would play so well in defence. So he must have been rubbing his hands when he seen there was a few players out injured and he, he had a spot in the team. You know, I, I thought he played all right. He played very well when he had his chances. Possibly not 90 minutes mentally fit, if you know what I mean. He's kind of has a tendency to switch off for two minutes, which is two minutes too long in the Premier Division. But that, that comes with experience. You can't just throw a player and a, a young lad in on a Premier Division game and expect him to do well 100% of the way through. So I, I doubt we'll, we'll have seen the last of Patrick McLean. And hopefully he'll be back in a few seasons' time. If he gets a few seasons in England, hope, no, don't get me wrong, hopefully he spends the rest of his career in England and makes a success of it. It would be great to see. So. No, fair play to him and hope we wish him all the best. As we discussed in the opening, there is a lot of rumours about players coming into the club, but one of those that has now made the press is Mark Tumlin. He has one year left with St. Patrick's Athletic. hasn't featured that heavily, and talking to James O'Toole on Friday night, he said that St. Pat's have basically destroyed the best midfielder of the 2015 season. And it seems like he's desperate that he wants to come home by all the rumours that are going around, whether they're confirmed or not. I haven't heard anything myself uh, coming out of the club, so 
it's hard to confirm or deny anything, but um, it would be great to see him back. In a, it was, I know he's uh, up all the time. Anyway, you see him the old time at the Brandy Well. And of course, he's up visiting family and that. No, ho- hopefully he can make it back. Um, I seem to remember that he went to Dublin because of studying, so I don't know what, well, how that's worked out or whatever. So uh, we just had to wait and see what happens there. And the last story that featured Derry City, this was a national press story. It was out on Friday. Uh, Akinati was linked with the club, but it seems that he's going to sign for Sligo Rovers at the start of next season. That was a strange one that just came out of left field. Would it have been a player that you would have wanted at Derry City Football Club? The goal scorer, he's a great player, but I don't think you would put Rory Patterson out to bring him in. And he's been linked with every club in Ireland. I think it's just a case of having a good agent. He was obviously looking for a club and he got himself one, fair play to him, but he was using a couple of teams' names who were doing well just to try and uh, build himself up, I think. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to say our goodbyes, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for the support of our donor, Richard McKinney. You can listen to past episodes of the City Till I Die Supporters podcast for free including our podcast looking back on the victory against Finn Harps, titled Finn Harps nil, Derry City 5. I think it was just the satisfaction that their mini league and whatever their derby table was was just blown out of the water, and I think they're actually in the relegation zone now of their own derby table. You, I'm really delighted for the supporters. I have to repeat that because it's really hard for them, you know, when they lose to Finn Harps and then they draw it home, and hopefully they feel good about being a Derry City supporter tonight. And our podcast missed too many opportunities. A great conversation looking back at the defeat to Limerick in the EA Cup semi-final. If you were to wrap it up in one word, what would that one word be? don't think I could do it in one word. Must too many chances. There's three words. Because no matter really what we were doing, we, were, we had plenty of the ball, we were pressing, but the goal didn't look like it was coming for us. Like Every chance we had, it was nearly like a wee soft header and it was just too easy for their goalkeeper. And our 29th episode in which I interviewed Orla Meenan, the Derry City commercial and marketing manager, Simply titled, Orla Meenan on the City Tide Day Supporters Podcast. My number one priority is to generate income and have the club been able to fund itself. Um, we've got the most supportive chairman, not just financially, but he makes it his business to keep himself informed with all aspects of the club on a daily basis, which I don't think people understand. Touch wood, should anything ever happen to him, this club needs to be able to stand on its own two feet. Access our library on soundcloud.com by searching for CTID Supporters Podcast DC or on iTunes by searching hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. There was one last game played by the reserves, well, one last game that we'll talk about anyway, and that was on Sunday against Cockhall Celtic. What happened in that fixture, Andrew? Uh, the reserves, unfortunately, they were beaten 5-1. Shane McNamee got City's only goal. Barry's younger brother, of course. But it's a defeat in the Ulster Senior League, which isn't massive. There was a first team players in there. I know Christian Castell's got a run out there. So it's obviously Kenny Shields is still making a decision on players like that. And a few other first team uh, players made a few appearances. That's kind of what the Ulster Senior League's been used for. A massive defeat isn't the end of the world at the end of the day. But the reserves are playing uh, Fun Herbs Reserves on Monday the 7th at Fun Park at, at uh, half seven. If anybody fancies uh, a trip to Valley Buffet, just for, for old times' sake, I suppose you could. Of course, supporters keep an eye on what's going on with the Ulster Senior League. If you are getting bored and miss your Friday nights or your Saturdays, well, it'll be Sunday, Saturday or Sundays whenever they play the fixtures in the Ulster Senior League. But it's still an opportunity to get out and see Kenny Shields take charge of some of these players. And I'm sure as he's trying to sign new players, there'll be trialists coming in and they'll be organising friendlies like he did last year. I think the friendlies started nearly as early as the first week of November. Yeah, they're fantastic matches to watch as well. I mean, considering up until a few months ago, you would have seen the likes of Ben Doherty, Roy Holden, uh, Conor McDermott even. 
even Josh Daniels. So there's a lot of guys that uh, are featured in the first team now that are playing on the the Ulster Senior League as well. So, well, it's it's not really the end of the season if you, if you want to watch and cheer on Derry City. I'm joking about the friendlies being the start of November. I know Kenny Shields wasn't even on the job at the time, but, you know, I had to say it for dramatic effect. We are going to wrap up now, ladies and gentlemen. It is our final podcast of the season. Uh, we do have some thanks to give out, uh, so Andrew's going to lead us off on that. Yeah, I suppose we'll get started with a few names. Just uh, a massive thanks to everybody that's ever listened in for a start. And a few people that took place on the, the supporters panel throughout the season. Uh, Alexa Barry, Tierney, Kevin Kay, uh, Michael Hegarty. Daniel Tolan, JP Fahey, Mark McCourt, Ethan Barr, Orla Mullen, Callum Dubbin, John McDade, uh, Colin Green, Ryan Kelly, uh, Gary Ferry, Paddy Morrison, Kevin McKenna, Barry Davey, uh, and of course Dermot Luddy was on tonight as well. And then there's obviously we had a few opposition fans on as well, uh, Aidan McGillis from Fun Harps, Peter O'Keefe from Cork, uh, and Gavin McLaughlin from Dundalk all came on as well and, and said their bit, so... Massive thanks to everybody, and hopefully we'll get more involved next year. But of course, we always have to thank uh, Kenny Shields, uh, the players, all of the coaches and staff as well. Uh, they've taken you know, time out of their own schedule to come and talk to us. We could just just land at the training ground someday with a microphone, but they always have time for us, and, and thankfully they do. So the players that come in and help us out on the podcast as well, Harry Monaghan, Jordan Allen one, uh, and the Aaron McInef and Nathan Boyle one, which... Uh, you know, we had the uh, Fulbadori one as well, so that's uh, massive. Thanks. So, uh, I think those programs are always the the highest listening ratio. So it's, they it's are good. definitely the Philip O'Doherty one is now from my last seen seven hundred and seventy five listens, which. Probably if you take the three after that and combine it, it still doesn't even come to that. <laughs> but we'd like to thank Philip O'Doherty too, as well as Orla Meenan for her time and coming on the podcast. Same goes for Gavin Doherty and Pierce Laffrey for the specials that we've done on both their roles in the club. And Eddie Sadak for his input last week on the underage season. Andy Rory Keogh, uh, the ladies manager, uh, we did a great feature around them uh, many weeks ago. Actually, many months ago. It was during the Euro uh, 2016 that I conducted that interview. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our contributing donors, Drive 105. Uh, Match Night Live, of course, have been with us since the planning process of this podcast and have not only allowed us to um, take the Match Night interviews and the highlights, but have also not questioned the fact that I still have a key to the building and how we break in at least <laughs> once a week to use their equipment every so often. <laughs> Nobody spotted this yet. Don't mention it. They don't mention it. <laughs> Nobody spotted it yet, but we'd like to thank Drive 105, in particular, Richard Moore, Kevin Moore, uh, Noel Moore, uh, Paggy Cook, and Paul Doherty for the contributions. And a big thank you to Richard McKinney, who one night in the Brandywell West, I was in the middle of doing my match commentary, walked up to me, handed me 75 quid, and says, that's for your podcast, and that went to our SoundCloud. So if you want to take advantage or keep taking advantage of our SoundCloud, the account is paid up right up until uh, the middle of March, so you can go back and revisit some of the podcasts. And during the uh, close season, I'll probably go on to the Twitter account and put up a random throwback one every Thursday. But it has been a long slog, hey? 40 episodes. We were only meant to do 36, but we went that extra mile as we, we, we expect. Well, it's all been worth it. It's been a great laugh, and it's always great having uh, different points of view from the people we've had in as well and of course the players ones as well are also always a great laugh and hopefully we'll get more of them done too what was your highlight of the season overall um hard to pick one really uh i think the highlight the podcast highlight was probably the harry Marlon jordan allen one 
just for the for the comedy purpose. But I think highlight of the season on the pitch. You know, beating the big teams is always a big one. Beating Cork and the likes of that. Um, getting uh, the semi-finals of the cup. Uh, you know, different type of things that uh, different results have got us where we are. It has been an absolutely amazing season, ladies and gentlemen, and we'd like to thank all the listeners who have shared the experience with us from the first episode to the last one. We'd like to thank all the supporters who retweeted all the links and didn't get annoyed by the Twitter bombing. We thank you very much, and thank you as well, Andrew, for calling out not only tonight but throughout the season. Um, it has been a very, very stressful nine months, I should say, not even a couple of months, stressful nine months, but you've definitely made it easier on me anyway. <laughs> well, it's between getting this programme done and getting the City View programme done, that's uh, it's pretty flat out. What do you do with your first Wednesday off? Nothing. <laughs> the best. So I played FIFA, watched stuff on the TV, but that, that was about it. I think I've gone and booked myself into work. I think that's what all my Wednesdays is going to be now. Whenever I say, yes, I can take up a new hobby. Nope, going to yeah, be working. Take up working. <laughs> so until next time, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Christmas holidays and we look forward to seeing you in pre-season City Till I Die. <laughs>